Hey there, Halt and Catch fans. Welcome back to the Halt and Catch Fire After Buzz After After Buzz After Show. We're here breaking down season three, episodes one and two. So sit back, relax, let your robot butler bring you a beer. We'll see you soon. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. There it is. There's the song. Music that makes us all excited. I love it. It's my favorite. We've made it back to season three of this show. They said it couldn't happen after season one, season two. It is now season three. Uh, my name is Isaac Johnson. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Johnson or Instagram at Isaac Johnson. And I'm joined by Amber Plaster this season. Hey, guys. You can uh, tweet me your predictions at Amber Plaster. Thanks for being here. Yeah, all right, Amber, new to the show, but not new to this show. Yes, so I'm new to season three for the after show for, the for after Halt show. and Catch Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Halt and Catch Fire is one of my all-time favorite shows. One of, um, right. Yeah, it's hard to pick just one, isn't I it? Know. It's like picking children or something like that. <sighs> yeah. Which one's your favorite? You probably have a favorite child, right? Um, no, I don't <laughs> know. People ask me all, all the time what my favorite show is, and I, I feel like I have my top favorites, but just every genre is so different, and I feel like as far as drama yeah. con- is concerned, Halt and Catch Fire is my favorite. One of them. That's good to know. Well, speaking of, how did you feel about these two episodes? We watched them both. Yeah. Uh, they released them both yesterday, which is a nice little treat if you've been waiting like a year like I have and you have. Yeah. So interestingly enough, AMC decided to release episodes one and two, mm-hmm. um, which was a real treat because um, waiting in between episodes for a show that ends on kind of cliffhangers like this is really tough. Yep. So it was a real treat to kind of get to see. Um, first, we open up on, you know, Mutiny and the whole gang, really, even Joe, yeah. has moved from Texas to San Francisco. Yeah, everybody's moved to the Silicon Valley. It is also now 1986. Yeah. We jumped forward in time again, as we did last season. Um, well, I mean, I guess, what, like, what are your overall thoughts, I guess, on, the, I guess on episode one and two? Um, or just so, sort of top level? Yeah, so um, it's... It's kind of hard to go over, you know, episodes one and two because I mm-hmm. feel like I don't want to miss anything. Sure. But my uh, my first original um, thoughts that I was kind of scribbling down mm-hmm. when I was as I was watching the episode was, you know, you start to see those posters of "Are you safe?" Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting chills. I was like, I knew immediately that that was Joe's work. Yeah, that was a, like in the like opening shot, I believe, mm-hmm. of episode one. And then he kind of has a very first of all, he has a beard. Yes. I guess we're starting to talk about Joe. Let's talk yeah. about Let's Joe. talk about him. He's got a beard. Gordon, season one, beard, season two, not so much beard. Now Joe's got the beard. Um, is, is he trying to be Gordon? Gordon's looking real rough. He's looking a little rough. Um, I do not I do not like Joe's beard. You do not like it at no, all? No, I like the very kind of androgynous um, <laughs> okay. sort of go-getter leadership Joe that's very like slick, you know, 80s sure. looking Joe that was we saw in um, the first season. I do not like this sort of granola Steve Jobs <laughs> wannabe he Joe. In, he is in San Francisco now. He's, he's adapting. I do What I do like about him the most this season is um, in season two, he was sort of like, trying to make amends or something like that and trying to be a good guy, even though even everyone saw him as this you know, evil sort of mastermind, if you will. Um, and he's, in this season... He's pretty dark. Yeah, in this season, he feels <laughs> like he's just flat out owning it. Um, I mean, at the end of last season, we steal the uh, the code. Um, this is computer speak, for those of you who don't know. Um, from them, and then makes $10 million on Gordon's idea. Not something new to him. But at this point in, in the, our story, he just seems to be fully owning it. What do you think? I think that 
it was the right thing to Joe. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it was the right thing that Joe needed to do. Um, and then towards the episode, uh, episode two, at the very end, we see, well, we see an introduction of a new character to the gang. Oh, yeah. Um, that I think is going to be uh, a, definitely a major player for this season. And his name is Ryan Ray. Um, and I, not to get, you know, into predictions too early, but I think that he's going to be one that we're going to want to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we see um, Ryan kind of, he's almost the new Cameron, you know, he's, he's wild and reckless. Mm -hmm. He has all of these crazy ideas and Joe sees that. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons that Joe originally, um, not to spoil it for episode one, but we're on episodes one and two. Let's just talk Um, about all of it together. It doesn't matter. Uh, but, uh, Joe does, doesn't, he's hesitant to bring Ryan on to his company when, when Ryan seeks him out. So, um, Passionately, and mm-hmm. I think part of that is Joe's black little heart <laughs> has grown a little bit for mutiny, and I think that he doesn't immediately want to poach from them. Um, yeah, quite possibly. But just like Joe, he always does what's best for him. He does always. Well, I mean, since we're talking about Joe and I guess Ryan too, but um, so I think that the the meeting that they had where Ryan busts in on this is episode two. Um, and, you know, scheduled his meeting, hacked in. Maybe he's, like, a little impressed or something like that. But that whole uh, time that he's talking to him, he, have, he Ryan kind of even puts down uh, Gordon a little bit. I don't know if he liked that or disliked it. But um, I think that it just reminded him of that family that they had. Um, this whole conversation between the two of them where Ryan's very like, what do you want me to say? What am I supposed to say? It just looks like you're staring at me. It looks like you're still disappointed, which I thought was really funny. Um, <laughs> I thought that that uh, Ryan asked him, or he said, why do you know what I want next? And he's like, I don't even know if I won't know what I want next. And I think a lot of that has to do with like all of the ways that he's, he's, he helped himself in the first season and the second season. Now this season is by stealing other people's ideas. So he doesn't really have any ideas. I don't, I don't want to say that I'm team Joe, but I don't want to say that he's stealing ideas mm-hmm. in that I think Joe's known what he wants to do for a long time. I think that Joe is brilliant in his own way, mm-hmm. which is kind of schmoozing. Which is what Gordon And calls him, yeah. knowing how to surround himself with excellent people. Sure. That is his superpower. He knows who to surround himself That's with. That's true. Yeah. And so when he sees Ryan, he's like, going to be needing him. Don't right. want to, but going to be end up using him. And I think... Um, I don't know if it's stealing as much as it is. Joe has the foresight to see where this industry is sure. going, and he'll he he justifies it in in doing whatever he needs to do. Right. And um, a lot of people do see that as ruthless. But you know, he doesn't have kids. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a family. Yeah, he's all in. Well, and I mean the obvious parallel there, which you mentioned earlier, was the Steve Jobs thing, because a lot of people have the same criticism of Steve Jobs. Um, I don't know the man personally, but. Um, I think that, I mean, I do get that he surrounds himself with the right kind of people, and he used to be surrounded with the right people. You see him in the office, and those guys are like, you know, he's just like, I'm sick of seeing you. We want to, you know, we want to see our product out there so much that, you know, people are sick of seeing it. Like, I'm sick of seeing you guys. But he's he's around, at this point, probably the wrong people, and he got this idea mm-hmm. from Gordon, which he stole, which Gordon is suing him for, so there is a bit of thievery there. There is, but I think that in in Joe's mind, that Joe would have had that idea with Gordon and was able to keep them together. Sure. I think I think in Joe's little twisted world, mm-hmm. that he 
probably thought that he did everything he could to keep them all together. Mm -hmm. But then just if Gordon won't listen to reason, then he'll take it and run with it anyway. Because you see him offer, you know, stakes in the company, which was insane. I saw him. I was getting chills as he was like, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll offer you 50% of the company. 60. 70. 70. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. At first I thought, well, is this even genuine? You know, like, is he just messing with Gordon at this point in these depositions that have been going on endlessly? They keep asking him the same questions over and over. But I, I don't know. I kind of I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence of like, is he just screwing with him again, or is he trying to find out what this is really about? That's what he says at the end of it. We know what this is really about. But I, I think that he realizes that together as a team, they have been would have been unstoppable. I be- I strongly believe that he yeah. he thinks that they are they're the team, and he's going right. to do whatever he can, whether it's manipulate him, mm-hmm. sue him you know offer a sweet deal whatever he can mm-hmm. do to get back together with you know donna and gordon and sure. cameron and and ideally have them all underneath his thumb right well and that's i guess why i thought that like after he had the the meeting with ryan that's when he comes to the deposition to kind of realize i, I don't know that's how it made me think that he realizes what he wants next but he needs his he needs his, his robin to do it he's batman yeah kinda. it's it, it seems like the catalyst but i i think that i think that joe's gonna end up bouncing back between mutiny kind of no matter what he does because at this stage in the game with the exception of ryan we haven't seen anyone have the brilliance that cameron exhibits true and this is pretty much like what we're saying about ryan is he kind of even you know like disappears in the basement to write code like in season one that was so cool to see you know like i'm sure so many startups today still deal with that well you'll be like people were throwing firecrackers near computers and i was just (laughs) watching it like doing you know but like they're just kids they're just boys you know and when boys are on other boys they play and they like wrestle and get like a little too rowdy and Mm -hmm. if no one's there to be like guys you know um then a startup can go into the ground yeah and then you have somebody who's like i just need so much you know space and privacy i'm just going to go in his closet this basement to work those are the geniuses you need to look for exactly um, well, and then also Joe still steals Ryan at the end of the episode, sure too, does. which is like, you know, now that Gordon has written him off, he's like, okay, well, then I'm going to take your stuff still. So. Um, I was so sad because you, I started to think stupidly, like, I knew that Ryan was going to end up there, but mm-hmm. I started to think, well, maybe Gordon can speak to him because Gordon actually steps in for, um... Uh, Bosworth. Bosworth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like, hey, you know, I know how to speak to these coders, and... Let me bring in. He's like, great, you take it. I don't want to deal with these children anymore. Right. And so I was like, uh, Gordon sure likes hanging out with these coders. This is kind of strange. Did you understand why? Like, why is he just hanging out with these coders? Um, I don't know. I mean, in, in seasons one and two, we did have him a lot of times, like, not really heeding the wisdom of his wife, uh, <laughs> taking her taking her ideas. At least in this season so far in the two episodes, he seems to be sort of, like, following suit and just sort of doing his job and being as helpful as possible makes uh, me so nervous it does make he's me messed nervous. it up so many yeah, times before <laughs> several times but maybe he's just trying to bond with them i mean obviously he's got the brain issue going on as well yeah so uh gordon still has severe brain damage mm-hmm. that we don't it's know it's like degenerative how bad it is. like it's basically it's i mean it's not alzheimer's but it's something like where it's well they don't they just don't know he yeah. has brain damage and mm-hmm. it's i think it maybe you know it'll show to be some kind of 
um, radiation from all the equipment that he's been working oh, on yeah, years later. Yeah, but at this point in the game, we don't we don't know what it is, and that's what's yeah. so scary. So he's keeping track of it. And I think what's cool is we saw in episode two mm-hmm. when Ryan leaves. Um, he, I think he rips the bandit off pretty well, by the way. Oh, man, it was so brutal. So cold. <laughs> He's like, I'm leaving to go work with Joe McMillan. But Ryan as a character Boom. has, like, in all of the scenes, he's almost like he's almost like that robot butler. He just sort of talks to people. Even when Gordon's giving him the good idea at, at Joni's party, he's like, well, yeah, I guess that would be faster. And, like, that's his only answer, not like, yeah, let's work together. It was just kind of like... Well, that would waste less of my time. Yeah, you know? he's a little Aspergery in that mm. he runs off of facts only. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't really care if it's good or bad. He just gets straight to the facts mm-hmm. and is like, "Okay, great." Yeah. Um, and and so it was interesting when he rips that bandaid off and says, "I'm leaving." We see Gordon's stress go up, and we also see his blurred vision. We see mm-hmm. him almost faint, and so I'm starting to think that his brain damage i guess we'll call it sure. is affected by stress or can oh, be yeah. affected by stress it would make it would make tons of sense and we've seen him stress out before and dig a hole in his backyard and try to find a giant or oh, something and when like he that. fell down the stairs last season and oh, got lost that was brutal oh yeah 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 for, i was I like i like actually audibly gasped when that happened because i was like oh he's so confused he's not gonna know where right. to go oh gordon Gordon. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, Bosworth and Ryan, or when he take when Gordon takes over for Bosworth, I, I thought that Bosworth was going to fight Ryan there, or at least hit him or something like that. I just wanted to see a little bit of that confrontation. I, I mean, wanted I, to he, see Ryan back down. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah, well, he didn't stand up, so he he definitely knew he was outmatched there, I guess. But there was something, I don't know. I one, I love the character John Bosworth. I like also that they um, have him sort of reconnecting with his son there he's got a grandson we got him in episode one calling over and over again and kind of think it's going to go south for him but then they call him at the end and he gets the middle name john that was a very nice i was actually character i was actually really surprised um to his son is like kind of an enigma to me you know like you know that there's um a a tough family history for bosworth and Mm -hmm. and his son and um it really does seem that his son is not evil just no, estranged. No, well, you know. there's some family dysfunction there, to mm-hmm. say the least. Um, uh, I, just, I just like seeing that sort of pulled back in for his storyline. Mm-hmm. Because in a lot of ways, you know, like the, the John Bosworth from season one who knew nothing about computers, who still kind of knows not a lot about computers. They pulled the RTD2 joke on him, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still trying to find his place to some degree on this show. I mean, he is like a sort of like a father figure a lot of times. But it, I, I like seeing him get, like, a nice little win there. It, it, it's nice to see Boz finally back in his natural habitat. Mm-hmm. You know, we see him in an office, finally, yeah. instead of just at a frat house. True. Yeah. You know, we see him closing deals and being more of a team player. Singing, we see him handling the numbers. Sinatra. You know, singing Sinatra, which <laughs> I feel like he's one of those people where um, if he knows what he's doing, he's quite good under pressure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which Cameron desperately needs. Yeah, well, he's always been the guy that can... Like, he even gives them the sage advice, which we can segue into the ladies here, about that they're still in a man's world in they 1986. Um, which... I love John's endless uh, respect for Cameron. Yep. I mean, we've seen it season after season. I just mm-hmm. thought eventually he'd just get impatient with her. But, I mean, he truly does... Care about her. Yeah, just, you know, even to, like, her uh, Donna's husband, mm-hmm. he'll come in and he'll be like, duh, duh, duh. they're the brain power, they're the queens of the jungle, don't right. don't think that they're leaving you out, that, you know, mama's working, you know, kind of like, and yep. he, he does, like, a gentle reminder, mm-hmm. There, he does it so well, and, like, when Donna had, um, 
gotten pregnant and like had to, oh, yeah. you know, he was there last season to kind of be like, can't you see she's going through something? And like the most gentle, he's just like the calming force that mm. I did not expect from any, usually from an older man to anyone, but mm-hmm. specifically women, you don't see them stand up for them yeah. in, in a professional sense. Um, and I think it's, it's rare for anybody in, an, in a profession for someone oh, yeah. to consistently when no one else is around, when you could talk crap about them mm-hmm. to have their back. So I just, I'm just in love with Bosworth. Yeah. I think it's great. He also stood up for Lev last season too, which I thought was really yeah. nice. And you would, you would think for like his sort of demographic, like that he wouldn't be that guy, but he is that guy. I know. Which is a nice, like sort of turning that like trope rather than making it a trope. They, they make him like a really well-rounded character. I think is really cool. Yeah. He's a gem. Um, so let's talk about the ladies, um, sisters standing up for themselves or what was the line that, uh, Donna said? Yeah. What was that line? It was something um, about like sisters, sisters doing, doing it, it for themselves, doing it for themselves <laughs> which it felt like there were so many moments kind of like it, in some other seasons where it's like, yeah, they're going to get a win. No, no. They're going to be at that luncheon or not luncheon. They go to dinner with dinner uh, Mac and Tim. Mac just sounds like a creepy dude. To sure me. does. Um, they get, they finally get the meeting and the moment, well, actually when they met in the office and, uh, Max sort of leans back to Tim, like, Oh, you were right about them too. It was like, that was right when I knew it started. I mean, I knew that, I know that we're in this era, um, in the workforce, but I was like, really? I think, it's tough to see, right? These guys, not, not like bad on the show, but just these guys like are always there trying to like stop these ladies from what they're doing. Yeah. I, I I hated seeing it because, you know, that still unfortunately exists today a little bit. And I just hate seeing it, but it needed to be seen. Oh, yeah. So it's such a cringy scene to watch Oof. where they're like, um, you know, like you came in here, you know, you said yes immediately. You wore that shade of lipstick. Yeah, by the and way, she which, was like, which shade of lipstick is that? The one that says like anything that makes it look like they're wearing makeup, right? I guess. Yeah. So she's like, um, we have been completely professional. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, you were too easy. And it's just like this double standard that they, they're going to have to continue to deal with. Yeah. And it made me almost think like, man, why didn't they bring Bosworth with them? Like, why didn't right. they bring a man with them? And then I was like, no, they need to be able to do this on their own. Well, yeah, they definitely need to. I mean, maybe we could say that for predictions or like that. But maybe like, I mean, he has to come in handy somehow, even if he's just telling you how to get a dinosaur off or whatever that joke was yeah. i kind of want to know the first part of that story you know they always kind of break in on him with some story and we're like and that's how you get a dinosaur off or whatever the line was you know, like, that actor must be like the best improviser in the world because i feel like they always start the scene with him improvising a funny story yes yeah, true yeah I'd, I'd like to believe that it was improvised i'm like i want to hear the first part of that story yeah. how did we get there yeah it was really funny um <laughs> so um well, one, also, Cameron has moved in with Donna and Gordon, which a little tension in the home. Do you feel that? Um, so now that they're in San Francisco, I just don't think that Donna, she's so young, uh, uh, Cameron, she's so young, mm. you know, um, how, I'm not sure exactly how old, uh, Cameron is right now, but she's in her early twenties, early twenties, yeah. um, at most right now. And so she doesn't think it's any big deal to be moving in. Like she's never been married. She doesn't have kids. It is not even occurring to her, obviously, because she starts using, um, Donna's daughter. Oh, to, to invite uh, to invite over the investor that she had uh, questions about, which I thought was very right. bold, Unappropri- inappropriate. Um, well, <laughs> bold, uh, inappropriate. It's it's a gray line. It's a gray area, I suppose. But uh, my first was like, yeah, and then I was like, oh, that's actually yeah. 
they're already having issues with the Joni. Do we need to pour fuel onto this fire? Yep. Um, but, like, you know, when they're, Gordon's like, I thought this was only going to be six months. I mean, the two of them, last season, it looked like their marriage was going to end. I mean, Gordon had an affair. Donna had the abortion. They both were, Donna still has that secret from Gordon, by the way. Um, I think that's going to come back out. Right. So to me, you know, she tells him, you got to move to San Francisco. You got to put in this money in the company. He does all that to fix his marriage. But then having Cameron move in can't really be helping them continue to work on it. It seems like they're in a stable place with their relationship, but I don't think that Cameron living there is really going to, they don't have any alone time, really. They don't, and um, you know, I think Donna's okay. I think Donna's okay with it. I think Donna realizes the urgency of the situation. Mm-hmm. She needs to be next to her brain power, Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Donna doesn't have her own amazing, brilliant ideas, but they're just very different and they're wonderful partnership. Um, and I also think that Gordon is not in a position to complain, and so he's not. This is true. This is very true. I mean, so Gordon's going to eat a lot of humble pie this season. Yes, tons of it. Um, I don't know. I just like. I love the dynamic that Cameron and Donna have. I like that they, this season, seemingly have their backs, or have each other's backs. Um, also, so far, in two episodes, we haven't seen the sort of Cameron before that will just go and do whatever she wants, you know, no matter who it, like, harms, or just because it's what she wants. It seems like they're an actual team this season, other than inviting the girl over to the party or whatever. But it that was in cohesive. their best interest. In, interest. Yeah, it seems cohesive. Yeah. I also think that, you know, they've been married for a while now. And they mm-hmm. know how to work together, and they're doing it because it's it's kind of a fight or flight sort of thing right now where they're right. moving out there, they're competing, they don't have the funding that they need. He's dealing with this brain damage. They're kind of they're they're kind of holding mm-hmm. on to each other with for support. And so I think when they think things are good, that's when their marriage is going to fall apart because they're ignoring their problems. Yeah, probably, probably not to that. get into predictions, but well. I mean, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> talking about the show. Um, well, I, and but they also, you know. Last season, their their company was generally almost stole stolen from them from yeah. that other thing. So now they're going to be more self sufficient. They've got a hundred thousand subscribers. Looks like everything is going really well. But then we have Ryan who comes in and shows them that like actually these private conversations aren't all that private. And I've got some great ideas. I thought that it was interesting that um, Cameron sort of relegating Ryan to just like yeah yeah that's fine. No 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 that idea is good. Why don't you just email it to us? Is kind of how she has been treated in the past, and now that she's kind of the person in power, is that, that was hard to see. Hard, yeah, it's hard to see that flip. I'm like, did, is she as a character realizing that she's doing the same thing that was done to her? You know, I think when it comes to geniuses, their egos are so fragile, mm-hmm. men and women. Yep. And I think Cameron is a genius, and I think oh, yeah. that her ego is so fragile um, right now that she is not hearing her younger self give yep. a perfectly good reason for not protecting the privacy of the chats. Mm-hmm. Then she goes to meet up with the person that mm-hmm. the user that she's been meeting to trade with something, a joystick online. And my first reaction was, no, 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 don't do it. He's going to rape you. <laughs> you know? Because of course I'm a girl online. Like you would never yeah. just go meet someone online, but that didn't yeah, exist sharp, before. Yeah, sharp turn on this show. If they went there. Well, yeah, but <laughs> of course my reaction is no, don't, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. And then I was shocked to see that not only, was it completely civil? Mm-hmm. But she had betrayed this yes. user. Yeah, one of her with users. his grief counseling in private chats. Yeah, it was kind of sad to see. I was like, Cameron, how what could are you, you doing? Also, how could you slip up that easily? I mean, you read all the stuff. Just joystick, got it. Here's yeah, money. Just Goodbye. Maybe don't mention it. Yeah, she's like, well, it's because of this, and he's a big Niners fan, and you're like, uh, how'd you know? Well, anyway, wait. 
actually, how did you know that? Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know, raises maybe... I feel like that Are You Safe thing is going to be kind of playing out through the season because mm-hmm. they, they brought that up there. But I really did feel bad for that guy. Yeah, I think we're going to see a theme of, you know, we we always have the... the it's, it seems like it's always Joe versus Cameron in mm-hmm. some way or another. And then just Donna and Gordon are just brilliant players, mm-hmm. you know, on two different you know sides of the chessboard. And it, Joe seems to be the whole Are You Safe He's now the antivirus guy. He mm-hmm. created Citadel uh, for personal computers, which mm-hmm. had never been done before. And he's giving it to the people for free because he's disrupting mm-hmm. the norm, which he loves to do. Loves to and do. then we have Cameron breaking security, ignoring yes. privacy concerns from yeah. one of her best coders. Interesting. I think we're going to see a lot of that coming to a head in, in the future of, of season three of Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, yeah. I can definitely see that. Um it's interesting, like, you know what I, I like about this show is, like, you know, so we're in the 80s, and there are references, there's, like, a Doritos bag, and Slip and Slide, and Robo Butler, I never had one of those, I guess, but it looked kind of familiar to me, um, but I like that they don't, It looked like, like Wally. Yeah, it did look like Wally. Um, <laughs> Disney is, like, calling their lawyers right now. Um, <laughs> but I, I like that they don't, um, I mean, it exists in that world, but it's not like they're just like, here's a thing, and here's a thing, and here's a thing, they just focus on story and characters and sort of early development of things like which we can call this swap meet or trade z or whatever they're calling it yeah it's like an ebay sort of thing like way before it's time my first thought was that it's like craigslist you yeah, know that too. um which you know obviously has done incredibly well it's so interesting to see what does well on the internet i mean who knew that craigslist and reddit would survive the web 2.0 blast like i would have just never called i would have been like no it would have been myspace for sure yeah like you just don't you don't know and so that's what's so exciting about this show is like we've seen over and over again them test different ideas and cameron's always right with her inclinations Mm -hmm. and they usually don't get funding for it you know when she's like oh why'd you put a skull on that avatar he's like because it's cool (laughs) and they're like stop stop changing out the avatars to make them customize. And really what I felt like we were looking at is the beginning of like a Nintendo Wii where you can choose your players and everything. And that just happened recently where they started figuring out that gamers want to customize their players. Oh yeah. And yet here we are watching it in the early eighties with them coming up with the idea and it getting shot down from time and time and time again. I'm like, yeah, they had the ideas. They just, no one was backing them up. Right. Well, and shut down by the person who should be like all, all for that kind of thing. It's, it's, um, confusing i i like that um oh shoot i just lost my train of thought it was gonna be really good and with cameron insightful uh something about cameron oh about the avatars um i don't know it was really good I'll it back. was really interesting I'll get back to you next week on that one there, there was some other like stuff from like the 80s and kind of like the internet that we i mm-hmm. i just like delight in seeing mm-hmm. um the gif versus jif argument yeah yeah it's jif <laughs> yeah. it's jif thank you Steven. thank you Thank you. Even our engineer, Steven, uh, That's, agrees that, with us. It that, is was the, that was the birth of GIF versus GIF right there. Hi, I Jordan. get so angry when I people like try to creator, call it GIF. The creator has the, has the right to decide how it's pronounced. I know. What if they decided it on the show, and then from then on, you could no longer call it one or the other? Uh, no, it's GIF because you don't say Jold Fish. Fair enough. You don't know what I don't say. <laughs> it's GIF. Yeah. it's gif oh i could or get into Jordan. this match forever oh yeah. my goodness so that was cool to see them like argue back and forth and i was like well the creator didn't have a freaking uh english degree did he no he was just a nerd in a basement he yeah. knows technology he doesn't know how to speak and no yeah 
no. done for all time. <laughs> that that one is done. It was oh, there was another. Um, you what they don't do um, for the most part is kind of like, you know, call it like let's call it um, eBay or something like that. They don't do that kind of thing, which would be really corny. But I do like that. At the the thing, he's just like, well, we think online newspapers are just gonna go away, so we're trying to figure out something else to do. Which I don't know. That was like a funny joke to me. It's always fun to see what they what they kind of dismiss and what they're gonna be like. Yeah, and yeah, like, this is gonna be great. Oh. And you're and it's so fun because you're like, as a user, you're like, you know that like, um, you know, sites like. Uh, YouTube or uh, the Huffington Post and stuff right. would be really popular, and they're like, no one's going to read that. Yeah, not online. Yeah. Um, let's finally talk about Diane, um, the mother of the girl that Joni got in the fight with. Um, she, well, one, they meet in the bathroom. It seemed like uh, it seemed like Diane had like the upper hand on, on um, Donna already at that point, you know, because he's just like, well, maybe we can get them together. She's like, yeah, they don't like each other, so why would we do that? Diane is so interesting to me. I knew that she was going to be a major player when we met her because mm-hmm. she was just so cold. Yeah. I was just like, ooh, what's her deal? Um, and I appreciate her bluntness with the the very quick no, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I was like, what is her deal? And then she's like, she's like, oh, sorry, my daughter beat up your daughter. And then she's like, aren't we proud that we're raising, raising fighters? To be fighters. Yeah. And Donna was like, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know that that's what we want to do, but okay. Yeah, she fascinates me. I think she's uh, one. She's really well played. I like the character a lot. I did have that moment where they're in the meeting, and then, of course, um, Elias there is, like, writing on his piece of paper, which he's probably writing, swap meet, already done, tell them to leave, or something like that. I was, at the time, when I was watching him write the note, you know, you see Cameron's eyes get big, like, yeah. no, what's he doing? I was thinking, he's writing no, pass. Yeah. He was really writing swap meet. They yeah, don't even prob- know about it. Well, because they're sort of, like, listening to the story, and they're going, wait a minute, so you're telling us it's this? And he's like... With, you know, with his, like, sort of permagrin on his face, writing it over to her. They cast such an amazing actor for that role. Yeah. He, he's I, just sort of, like... Did he say more than, like, two lines in that whole scene? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Go screw it yourself. Yeah. Have a nice day. Like, exactly. Nice to meet you, ladies. I'll shake your hand after this. Mm-hmm. But I did think for a minute there, okay, well, this is just because of the whole thing, and maybe Joni really did beat up her daughter, even though she thinks it may have been a draw. But I thought, okay, well, that's obviously why she's just turning her down right away. But then I'm like, no, it can't be that deep. And I also like the Cameron is the one to go, no, nah, there's something else going on here. Yeah. And and then camera, Cameron, you know, happens to be hanging out in Joni's room and yeah. happens to talk to Joni. And Joni doesn't like her birthday anyway. So Cameron yeah. thinks, well, if she doesn't like her birthday, maybe we can get her to yeah. bring over Jennifer and her scary mom and we can find out a little bit more yes again something that maybe joe mcmillan might do they're perfect for each other cameron is not yeah which okay well, do you I'm not, do I'm, you ship uh, joe I, and cameron i had i did in season one um we'll see about this season i suppose because uh, last season i was he was married engaged engaged yeah not to go back into season two but yeah. i did not buy for one second that he was into that fiance of his oh no, no. not even for no. one second i no. was just like you're using her he was just trying to transform i couldn't even get attached else. to her yeah no not at all that was just terrible yeah um okay so um let's see joe stills ryan we talked about that um yeah gordon had now his um his sort of like brain aneurysm there at the end 
was a six. Um, it seems pretty serious. It seems to be the highest that he's written down because we yeah. have, um, let's see, we have Gordon. I love this. And I think this is going to be a thing we're going to see throughout season three mm-hmm. is on a scale of one to ten. How bad is it? Oh, yeah. And I don't think it's going to be referring just to the brain damage. I think it's going to be referring to their marriage. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be referring to mutiny. And I think that six is not the highest level that we're going to get to of his stress. Yes. Probably, so that was cool to see. Probably 11, if I had to guess. You're going to guess um, 11? Okay, yeah, calling it? Okay, great. Um, all right, let's, um, do you have something else? I was going to say, oh, poor sensitive Gordon. But like, yeah. When, oh, yeah. oh, but when, um, to, to jump back to Donna, when Donna says, we, you think Donna, you always, like, people underestimate Donna literally every day and when Cameron's like oh yeah I met up with him he turned out to be a real creep right like I thought that mm-hmm, he was going to be right. and then she goes um yeah uh reading private chats is a violation of our user agreement oh, yeah. I was like oh snap Donna yeah that you was got nice. her oh, that I just love nice. it when Donna like stands up for herself a little bit yeah well Cameron needs a mom and that's kind of like true I guess her mom there true um uh, let's jump into some news and gossip after Buzz TV News. On top of it. Um, well, thanks for watching. This is really great. Um, we have a guest coming up in two episodes, uh, I believe. Awesome. Uh, Jonah Zhao, if I'm saying her name correctly, I believe. Love it. And um, she was just cast in Spider-Man Homecoming, made by this company called Marvel, I believe is their name. Oh, okay, very yeah, cool. Very cool for her. So we'll get to talk to her, and maybe she'll spill all the beans about all the Marvel secrets and get fired or something like that. No, she, maybe she won't. Hopefully tell us more about Halt and Catch Fire while yeah, she's at it. Yeah, and maybe that, too. But yeah. That, uh, yeah, I thought that was exciting. I was like, yeah. oh, man, she's going to be on our show, and she's going to be in Spider-Man. I'm going to ask cool. her so many questions about that. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you have anything from the chat that you want to bring up? Uh, let's see here. Well, thanks so much uh, for, for those of you who are listening uh, on the replay as well as in the live chat and, um, and on the podcast that we have. Um, we have someone saying in the chat that Cameron did put a stop to Ryan because she is the one spying. She's insecure and wants to know what everyone thinks, especially what they think mm. about her. Oh, so you think they, they're saying that they predict that Cameron is the one like, to get secret. Ryan the boot. I bet they're calling that Cameron. So it's like she's secretly working Joe with Joe to be like, "Why don't you take him? He's bugging me." And Joe's like, "I'll use him." I don't know. Ooh. I think she still has so much hate for Joe, but but maybe. she doesn't like. She, but she, at least she's attracted to Joe. She oh, does yeah. not even like Ryan. That's true. No, Ryan didn't. She has himself. no love for Ryan. None, Although none she did acknowledge that he was intelligent and gave him a raise. Yeah, well, but then that was, like, kind of to shut him up. Like, here, take this money. It was totally to shut him up. And he was, like, message received. Yeah, I'm going to go work for Joe now. Anything else? I think that's it for that we have for as far as questions and predictions and stuff in the chat. Um, And I also think that uh, we're going to see... Well, is this a prediction? uh, No, no. I do do love seeing... um, you know, the, the part where we see Gordon say, we, you know, uh, Donna says, we couldn't have done it without you. And then one of the coders is like, yeah, without your money. Ooh, and then we see him try yeah. to hang out with the coders. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess what that is would be, going on with this? Maybe because he's trying to prove his real worth there other than just his money or something. Like he's that. always trying to prove himself, isn't he? He really is. He's got a lot to prove. Oh, um, Gordon. Oh, Gordon. Well, let's jump into our own prediction. Your After Buzz TV predictions. <laughs> Boom. The quick one. I love it. Okay. 
What are you predicting? Okay, so my predictions uh, for the next part of season three of Halt and Catch Fire are that we're going to see, um, and I feel like this is an obvious one, but I think we're going to see a young Ryan Ray uh, be the catalyst that actually brings Mutiny back to Joe. Okay. I think okay. that he is going to be the direct reason that Cameron has to work with Joe again. Sure, sure. Every season I think, Let's how get, can they get back yeah. together? How? Get them back, get the band back together. Get the band back together. Yeah. All right. That's that's my. Opinion. Oh, that's the one. Okay, yeah. I thought there was more. So yeah. there was like a list over there. Well, I had, but then as I was watching the episode, those questions would get answered for me, and oh, I was yeah. like, "All oh, right, okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think this is like, like, I don't know, maybe like a season long or a very bold prediction, but I'm like, okay, so why is Joe going to give away this this new virus software for free? I don't think he really does anything for the benefit of humanity nope. so much as the benefit of his own pocketbook. Absolutely. Uh, and we've seen him do this before. So my prediction is that he this software that they're releasing is an actual virus and he's going to now like try to build like a virus to like combat that virus or something like that. So he creates like a he creates the what's the supply and demand or something like oh, that. Oh, that's so effect. smart. That's what I think. Oh, that's so good. Although, do we think that, you know, and I don't know if I know enough about computers, but does he really have to work that hard for there to be viruses? Um, maybe not, but at this point... Um, they did mention to Ryan on the beach that this early in the game, not everyone had uh, virus or security breaches. And he's like, oh, like one in 3,000 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, but you know that in the next five years, that's going to go way up. Yeah, it's So maybe go they're kind of seeing that together. Maybe, and maybe he's going to be the one to make it, help it to escalate so that he can make more money oh that would be so evil though it would be very evil and he's the bad guy he's a proper villain this season i think he could do it i love that so who knows i guess we'll have to keep watching to find out amber where can we find you on the internet uh yeah thanks for watching guys you guys can tweet at me at amber plaster awesome short and sweet um you can tweet at me at isaac johnson or check out my instagram the isaac johnson some guy stole isaac johnson before me (laughs) isn't it great (laughs) it's hard to get your handle on everything i know it is (laughs) we will see you next week bye all right thanks for watching guys from executive producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire afterbuzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the afterbuzz tv network To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 